Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest it's Wednesday on Text Talk. Wednesday, loving it. Middle of the week. It, it is the middle of the week. That's ha- <laughs> that happens this time every week. Every week. Yeah. 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 So anyway, we're glad that you've joined us. Yeah. I know you're just waiting for it, but I got nothing for you today. Oh, okay. I, okay. I just, <laughs> thought, I just, we're thought all so, sitting on the edge of our seat. Thought something was coming. Okay. Well, let's look. Let's just jump into Matthew chapter 5. That then. sounds good. And I want to read verses 17 through 20. I will be reading from the English Standard Version. Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom. So we got a lot to unpack here. A lot. But I will say. Oh, look, the time's out. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Go ahead. He, at the end of this little section, is the first time we have Jesus in Matthew so far. Jesus throwing a gauntlet down on the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, we saw John the Baptist was doing that in his public preaching and teaching, calling them broods of vipers and all that kind of stuff. But now here is Jesus picking that up. But I thought Jesus was only ever just sweet and nice and kind and... You know that he just he just never did that sort of thing. Well, I you know if if people were kind of going along with the beatitudes and then thinking, hey, I, you know, I don't know about some of this persecution stuff. I don't know, boy, he's got their attention now. That you're talking about a kingdom uh, of heaven that, of course, we all want to be in, but we have to be more righteous than the Pharisees. They're like the professionally righteous people. We <laughs> yeah. do not stack up to Pharisees. But Jesus, you've got a big problem with these Pharisees. Yeah. It's a curious thing. Yeah. So he does throw the gauntlet down. He says, look, I'm not going to teach you how to be like Pharisees and scribes. I'm going to teach you to be something more. Kingdom citizens are something different than Mm -hmm. scribes and Mm -hmm. Pharisees. Now, you know, the, the great thing about him saying that is for those who were considered the sinners, right. the sinful class, the class that we can't be a part of and, you know, the untouchables, untouchables. what they're learning is, wait a minute. Um, hmm, maybe I can be this then, because it's not just about being a scribe and a Pharisee, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's also taking any scribes and Pharisees that are listening and saying, I'm not a shoe-in. Yeah. I'm not a shoe-in. I've, I've got some growing I've got to do here. I think the other thing that uh, Miami set this up to where we want to go, uh, for him to just outright and say, I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. Why would, why would anyone think that? <laughs> I was just about to ask you that question. Why? Why would anyone think that? You know, you're you're now you're planning a see. I didn't think you'd come to destroy the law and the prophets. Well, now I do. <laughs> now I wonder. Right. He, he is setting us up. He's going to say some radical things. And so, let me frame this for you. Here's what I'm not saying. I haven't come to burn down scripture, the law of Moses. I haven't come to burn this whole thing down. He is anticipating an objection. 
Mm-hmm. He knows he is about to teach some things that is going to cause people to think he has abolished the law and the prophets. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's really important for us to grasp that Jesus is anticipating an objection. We see this happen in Scripture in multiple places. Uh, you know, when when Paul often talks about grace, he's saying, "Hey, you know, and, and by grace, am I saying you can just go sin all the time?" Why does he even say that? He's anticipating an objection. He knows that what he is teaching, some people are going to think that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So he states mm-hmm. the objection, he anticipates it, and then he answers it. Here's why I think this is important. What we are about to hear Jesus say is going to sound in some ways like the law has been changed. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, I think he's about to say some things that are different from the law. Not everything he's going to say is different from the law. And when I say the law here, I'm talking about the law of Moses, of course. Not everything he's going to say is different from the law, but he's going to make some changes. He's going to strengthen some things. He's going to make some things not as important that were in the law. He's going to shift some focus. He's going to highlight some other things. And folks who are like scribes and Pharisees that are just intent on the the iotas and the dots of the law, they're going to think Jesus is trying to get rid of the law. And and to that, he is going to speak with authority, but I say to you. And so what he's about to do here is not even that, that process of, well, remember this one over here was written over here. We better tighten that up. No, (laughs) He, he is going to be asserting authority in this. All right. So this leaves us with a question. If he's not abolishing the law, Mm -hmm. but he's actually going to change some things, what is he doing with the law? Yeah. What is the difference between abolishing, or the New King James says destroying, and fulfilling? Instead of abolishing and destroying, he is fulfilling. Everything that the law and the prophets were pointing to is about him and what he is bringing into the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He, he He is saying... He's anticipating an objection. I understand that what you think I'm doing is destroying or abolishing the law. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is fulfilling it. Every, the, the, the sacrifices. Right. What were the sacrifices pointing to? They were pointing to me. Yeah. The temple. What was the temple pointing to? Ah, pointing to me. The laws. What were they pointing to? They were pointing to me. The prophets. What were they pointing to? They were pointing to me. They were pointing to him and they were pointing to his kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's also he, he as the king and his kingdom and the laws of his kingdom. All of this was being pushed toward Jesus. Paul is going to tell us that Jesus is the goal of the law. Yeah. And so when I surrender to Jesus, I'm not dispensing with the law. I'm actually establishing the law. I'm saying, yes, the law was right because the law pointed to something that has actually happened. The law has led to something and I've gone where the law has led. And so there is this distinction between this law of Moses and this new covenant, this gospel of Jesus Christ. And he sets that out. This is part of his work as the Messiah to do this, to fulfill this law. The time has come. I you know, I heard an illustration one time. It's been helpful for me about trying to understand the difference between destroying or abolishing something and fulfilling something. No perfect illustration, but here it goes. So when you went to buy a car and you financed a car, you made an agreement with the bank. I will pay you so much per month, okay, for three years, 
okay? And until this is paid off, until this agreement, this note on the car is fulfilled. And so you have a little coupon booklet and you got to mail in your check with your little coupon to the bank every month to make your car payment. Well, let's say six months into this three years, you say, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So you destroy it. You take your little coupon booklet, you rip it up. Not going to pay it. I'm done. I abolish this. So what's the bank going to do? Take the car. They're going to come take your car. But if every month you were faithful to send in your coupon with your check, that at the end of three years, you have completed it. You don't have to send money another month. You don't have to send another coupon. And the car is yours. They cannot take your car. It is fulfilled. It is fulfilled. And yet the relationship changed. You're not sending that money anymore. You're not obligated anymore because it is fulfilled. And some of the particular rules have now changed. Yeah. I'm thinking of even expanding on that, that kind of like the idea of lease to own or rent to own. Mm. You, you know, when we're, when we're buying something and we're paying for it, we still think it's ours and we get to set the rules. But when it's rented, it actually still belongs to someone else and they get to set the rules. Yeah. But as I move to, look, this whole renting process was in order to get me to the place of buying and now I own it. There's actually like stages there. And again, it's not abolishing any set. It's it's moving along and fulfilling each step of the way. I think that it, those are profound, great illustrations on this. So somebody asked me, so Andrew, you say you believe the Bible, but I see you eating your country ham, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that an unclean food? You you seem to dress and not worry about mixing various linens. Uh, well, why is that? Well, it's because that pertained to a covenant, a people, and a time that has been fulfilled, fulfilled not abolished, by Jesus, not abolished, and not abrogated. No, no, fulfilled, fulfilled. God's word is fulfilled. God's word never fails, right? And and Jesus is the one who came and did that. So I'm a New Testament Christian. I respect the authority and the lordship of Jesus and His new way, His new covenant. Uh, which there are some things different in it than that first covenant. So now there's some consequences to this. Jesus says, I have come to fulfill, because not one iota or dot from the law is going to go away until it's accomplished. Until it is accomplished. And the idea, now the question that I have to ask is, well, did he, did he, come, did he do what he came to do? I believe so. Christians believe so. Yes. If he did what he came to do, then the law and the prophets have been fulfilled. They yes. have been accomplished. My answer to that question doesn't come from reading every sentence in the Old Testament and seeing if I can find a promise that might have to do like with the end of the kingdom here on earth or might have to do with the final judgment. What, what I'm doing is asking, Jesus said I came to do this, so did he do it? Mm-hmm. If he did then it's accomplished. And that actually gives us a point here because what Jesus says is if anyone relaxes the least of these commandments, not those commandments, he doesn't say, uh, look, the law, I'm not abolishing the law. Everything is going to abide. I'm not. So look, don't relax those commandments. That's not what he says. Mm -hmm. He says, don't relax these commandments. What's his point? His point is not, hey, one of these days, way off in the future, thousands of years from now, the law and the prophets are finally going to be accomplished. And so you have to make sure you live by every single one of the legal requirements of Moses law until then. Don't relax a single one. That's not what he says. What he's saying is, I have fulfilled the law, and because I am the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, I'm about to tell you some things, and you better not relax these, because do you realize who I am? I am the fulfillment. All of that law and prophets Mm -hmm. that you said you're following have been leading to me. Are you really going to follow them to me? 
Are you because right. you need to follow them to me? Don't relax the things I say because I'm what the law and the prophets were looking for. And then he's going to tell us how we're supposed to live. Jesus, I believe, sets himself apart in another way. Many, many times in history, when someone comes up and says, I am a great spiritual leader, I am a guru, I am a prophet, you need to listen to me, the next thing out of their mouth is, you can't trust what's been written. All right, the Bible's corrupted, scripture's wrecked, that's why you need me. Okay, and I'm going to set this straight, I'm going to, and that is not what Jesus said. Jesus comes forward and says, everything that was written, all scripture, that's true. And because it's true, I am here because it's true. I'm the fulfillment of these things. You have just blown my mind. I have not ever thought about that. (laughs) It's what makes Jesus different than a Muhammad. It's what makes him different than a Joseph Smith. And what makes him different than so many of the Gnostic teachers that came up after him. Jesus' unique proposition is it all came from God. It's all absolutely true. And that's why you can trust me and follow me. I'm the fulfillment of these things. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, I want to segue into what I was going to say finally, but I'm just I'm just sitting there thinking about how amazing that is. <laughs> I've never thought about that. I appreciate well, you sharing it's what, that. It's what Jesus said he was going to do. <laughs> it, it is. It is. I've just never thought about it and comparing it to how other people have treated it. Okay. But that does bring us to the conclusion where he says, if you relax one of the least of these things that I'm about to tell you, then you are least in the kingdom of heaven, which makes me wonder, okay, what does that mean, least in the kingdom of heaven? Does that mean that, you know, I'm I'm just barely in by the skin of my teeth and the hair of my chinny chin chin, but I'm in? Or does least in the kingdom mean something else? Because he follows it up with, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will in no way enter the kingdom, which I think we should not say, okay, look, I, I, I'm supposed to follow this sermon, but if I don't, I mean, I'm okay with being least in the kingdom because at least I'm in the kingdom. Yeah. It sounds to yeah. me like the least are the people who don't actually get to come in, yeah. the, the people who get kicked out or the people. Yeah, kind he of goes a on, parallelism says, in there with the scribes and Pharisees. Yeah. yeah. So here's the deal. Jesus starts this whole sermon off and he's about to say some pretty intense things. He says, don't relax these. Mm-hmm. Don't relax these. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, if we get to some things in here and our only means of saying, well, he didn't mean that, is because it's just too extreme for us, probably what we're doing is relaxing, and that's not a good thing. (laughs) The kind of things that will make us salt and make us light. We're so glad that you join us for the conversation today, and we hope that you trust Jesus has fulfilled the law and the prophets. But we can certainly talk about it. Uh, If you want to go over to the Facebook group, we'd love to hear from you. Right now, though, I think it's time to have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the time of of devotion, study, and considering your word, the amazing fulfillment that Jesus Christ is of the law and of the prophets, how that just changes everything and who we understand ourselves to be, how we relate to you through Christ, how we live today to be salt, to be light, to be blessed, to bring honor to your name and to share that good news with others. Thank you for Jesus and his kingdom. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.